This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to episode 178 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This is Adam, and I'm actually by myself right now. None of the other hosts are with me while I'm recording this. However, this will not be an all-Adam episode. Oh, I know, you're so sad. Probably not. You probably would much prefer to hear the others yammer on than me. But uh, this week, Diane and Steve are both traveling, so we weren't able to record on a normal schedule, but that doesn't mean they won't be a part of this episode, because we did something very, very special for you guys. Now, you'll remember a few weeks ago on episode 175, the, it was the episode where we analyzed New Romantics, we featured a certain artist for the What Are Swifties Listening To segment. We featured Kelsey Ballerini and her song Love Me Like You Mean It. Now, what was really interesting about this, besides the fact that her song is like really, 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 really good, is that about a week later, Taylor herself tweeted that she was jamming to Kelsey's EP and specifically mentioned that song as well. So that was really cool. Now, if you haven't figured it out already, our very special treat for you guys is that a few days ago, Steve and I actually got to sit on Skype with Kelsey herself and chat about that moment, what it was like when Taylor tweeted her music out to the world. Now, beyond that, Kelsey chatted with us about um, how she is a big Taylor fan herself, about some of the other music on her EP, her upcoming album where she actually revealed a song title to us, which is so awesome. And, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. And that's a really great, great discussion. That's coming up in just a few minutes for you guys. Now, after that, you guys will remember last week, we attempted to analyze Wildest Dreams. However, something happened to the audio where it got really, really screwy right about halfway through. Well, Steve, my good buddy old pal and co-host of the show did some magic. I don't know what he did or how he did it, but he actually salvaged that original audio for you guys to hear. Now, it might sound just a little bit off in certain places, but just ignore that because it's really about the love of the song you guys care about, right? It's an awesome discussion, awesome analysis, and that's going to be coming up right after Kelsey's interview. So I don't want to hold you up any longer, so let's get to that interview, shall we? All right, guys, the moment you've been waiting for, we have Kelsey Ballerini online with us. Hi, Kelsey. Hey, y'all. How are you? Good. How are good, you? Good. So good. It's nice to meet you. Nice Where you to been? meet y'all. <laughs> see what I, I did there? I did there. <laughs> I can show you incredible things. Yes, she got yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Love it. We have a Swifty. <laughs> oh, I'm such a Swifty, guys. Well, that's that's why we wanted to to chit chat with you. It's actually interesting how I found your music. Steve found it in a different way, but oh, we really? actually, yeah, we have a segment here on the show called "What Are Swifties Listening To," and it gives our listeners the opportunity to send in music they're listening to that's not Taylor. And about what was it, Steve? Like two, three weeks ago, I believe two weeks ago. I think was two weeks far. ago we got an email. From someone who goes by the alias Red T. Swift, and she said, you guys have to check out Love Me Like You Mean It by Kelsey Ballerini. That is so nice of her. So, I don't know if you want to say hi to her. Give her a wave, a virtual wave. Hi, I'm waving to you. It, Red T. Swift? Yeah. 
Red T. Swift. That's that's what she goes by. So we featured you in that segment and shared with our audience your song. And then, sure enough, a week later, Taylor tweeted it. Taylor I herself mean, tweeted it. <laughs> I. I- coincidence or not i don't know i I don't think i don't think that had any direct (laughs) relation to us i'm sure that was pure coincidence but um so what was that what was that moment like then when when you found out honestly okay to preface this i really am such a huge taylor fan um and so someone tagged me in a instagram screenshot of it on my phone and i honestly looked at it and I was like, Oh, that's a fake account. And I put my phone down and I walked away because there was just no (laughs) way, no way in my mind that she even knows who I am like remotely. And so then my phone started blowing up and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the thing I'm going to pass out. So I went to my computer and I pulled it up and I swear to you, I just sat there and stared at it for like five minutes and did like 27 different responses and then picked one. Um, I just, it honestly, for me, I've been listening to her music since it came out. And, you know, as a young singer-songwriter in country music, she spearheaded the pathway for all of us that are launching right now. And so um, the fact that she's listening to my stuff is, like, one of the highest honors that I could ever have. That's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> so do you draw inspiration from her? Where does your inspiration come from, then? I mean, my inspiration just comes from from life. You know, I I write songs all the time. And so um, whether it's like my own life or my co-writer's life, just whatever's kind of going on or whatever we're listening to, we can kind of, you know, vibe off of that. Yeah. Do you know what I thought was really cool with Love Me Like You Mean It? And I mean, you can correct me if this is the wrong interpretation, but something that's kind of cool is doing what I do with this podcast and stuff. People are always like, but wait, you're a guy. Taylor writes feminine music and i'm like "Eh, sort of i was like depends on your interpretation now love me like you mean it is written from your perspective however it seems like it's sort of about that situation like don't pretend like you love me like actually do it actually show it through your actions and things of that sort so i think that's kind of cool because like taylor's music that can be interpreted from both sides Totally, totally. And, you know, when we wrote this song, we wanted it to be like not a knock on guys, you know, we wanted to be like this confident girl saying, hey, you know, I would love for you to love me. But if you're going to like, just please do it right. So it's like kind of encouraging him to like, not mess it up. And it's putting her in like the confident position, you know? Yeah. And and likewise, I mean, guys have the same feelings. So I think it's relatable from both ends, which is really neat. Yeah, cool. I'm glad you think that. <laughs> it, it t- definitely. So is, is it cool if we do some rapid fire questions so everyone oh can get gosh. to know you? Those are my favorite. They're your favorite? Yes. I'm on the edge of my seat. You can't see, but I am. <laughs> I believe you. I, I don't think you would lie to us. I'm not. I'm not a liar. <laughs> All right. You ready? This is going to yeah. be intense. Okay. Favorite food? Chicken nuggets. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? NSYNC. Favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh, I, Last Kiss. Ooh, old school. Nice. Going going way back. No, I know. Pizza or cheeseburgers? Oh my gosh. Pizza. Ooh, pizza. Mm, I don't know. I might disagree Stuff with that. crust pizza. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> All right, Harry Potter or Twilight? Answer this one carefully. Twilight, Twilight. Oh, no! Poor oh, no. Adam. Oh, it breaks I my heart. Watched, like, one of the Harry Potter movies, and I was like, this movie's like four hours long. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, read the books. The, they're so much better. I will. I will. Right, cats or dogs? Dogs. Yes! 
Yes. Back on my good side. All right. Who would win in a fight between a pirate and a ninja? Ninja. Why? Um, because I just feel like they're very sneaky. Sneaky? Yeah. Okay. And finally, why do girls smell so good and boys smell so bad? Because girls shower. (laughs) (laughs) I got that question off the internet. I'm not going to lie. I didn't make that one up. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> it is kind of cool. <laughs> Steve, do you mind sharing how you discovered Kelsey's music? Because I think it's really interesting. Uh, okay. And it's actually kind of Taylor related, which is the interesting part. So uh, last March, I went to Nashville for Tin Pan South, which is like a songwriter's. Yeah. Uh, they do little rounds and everything like that. And um, I went to the one that Nathan Chapman was at, who, if you remember from a, a lot of Taylor's earlier music, he was the producer right. um, of a lot of her songs. So I went to that, and there was a girl, Courtney Cole, that was performing there, and she was amazing. I was like, wow, I really like Courtney Cole's music. So I started you know, looking into her music, went on um, SoundCloud, and then all of a sudden, uh, when I was doing some autoplays, it started playing uh, Josh Kerr, uh, Ryan Griffin, and uh, even you were featured in some of those songs, like uh, Myself, for instance. I, I heard yeah. that song, and I was like, I really like this Kelsey Ballerini. <laughs> so every summer I go to CMA Fest. So I was actually there at the Buckle when you performed this summer. Oh, cool. We did a couple of pictures. Um, one of the things I thought that was really cool and it, it kind of almost very Taylor-esque is uh, when I met you, you said uh, that I had cool sunglasses. <laughs> and I still remember that. So that that's neat. And you also gave out the uh, Love You Like uh, your bracelets. So oh, that yeah. was, I have those. So that's oh kind of gosh, a cool thing, so too. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. So you definitely impacted my life and, you know, I'm waiting for your music to come out and hear more of it. It's it's awesome. Oh, that's so nice. Are you going to come back for CMA Fest this year? I will be there. Yep. Yes. He's, he's there every year. <laughs> okay. You, well, I, I'm planning. We're playing like a little fan party. So you have to come and hang out. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Yay. What are, do you exciting. have the details of that? In Not case yet. Other we're still playing it, playing it together. Still working on it. So people just have to keep an eye out for it. Yeah, but we do it every year. I've done it like for four years. And the first year, it was like 30 people in my friend's backyard. And I like bribed them to come. (laughs) So it's it's grown a little bit every year, but it's been really fun. It's my favorite part of CMA Fest. Oh, that is fun. So are you there every year? Oh, yeah. Well, I was there a couple years ago and you didn't tell me I had cool sunglasses. (laughs) But we didn't go see her. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) It, It's cool. It's cool. I'm playing with you. So... (laughs) Get, getting back on the topic of music, what advice would you give to the younger singer-songwriters that are that are kind of coming up in the ranks? Um, I would say the biggest lesson that I needed to learn, and I'm very thankful that I, I've kind of started to learn, is to to find what makes you different and find you know your your sound. I um I signed as a songwriter first, and so I spent a year writing songs with people by myself, but every day, and that was like intentional time every day, discovering what I wanted to say as a songwriter and an artist separately and together. And so, um, in that year is when I wrote, yeah, boy, and let me like you mean it and dibs and all the songs on the EP that's out. Um, and I feel like that's really when I like dug into who I was and what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. And so I think that's the most important lesson that you can do as a new artist. Say what you want to say. Say what you want to say and how you want to say it. That's right. For sure. It's interesting you said that too, because 
I was thinking a lot lately about what makes country music country music as opposed to the other genres. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I'd love to get your take on it, but I was kind of thinking it has sort of this defining characteristic where it's people sharing their personal stories rather than just singing someone else's songs. Right. Totally. And I think that comes from the songwriting aspect of it. You know, it's people kind of just journaling about their lives and it makes it on the radio, (laughs) which is totally what makes country music country music. Right. And you have a full album coming out soon. Yeah. May 19th. Yes. I'm so excited. What kind of things can we expect from that? Well, I feel like with the EP, um, we, I really wanted to follow the single. So I feel like, you know, Let Me Like You Mean It is super, like, bubbly and fun. And, you know, like we were talking about, like, Confident Girl. Um, and I feel like the EP follows that. It's in the same vein. Um, and then I feel like the rest of the album is more of, like, the storytelling and more of the depth. And as a songwriter, that's the stuff that I'm really excited to, to get out there. I'm really proud of it. Really proud of it. Is there, is there anything you can give us? Um, it's 12 songs. Any secrets? It's called, it's called The First Time. Uh, uh, I wonder what I can tell Sing you. Sing something I'm, from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a song on it called Stilettos that I don't know if I'm even allowed to tell you that, but I'm telling you anyway. <laughs> well, well, after the fact, we can always cut it out. Just let me know. <laughs> oh, no, just keep it, just keep it in there. Just leave it um, in there. But it's, it's a song that we started, I wrote right before I left for radio tour last year. And, um, and it's funny because when I wrote it, um, I was inspired by a quote off Pinterest that said, girls wear pain like we do high heels, and no matter how bad it hurts, you just see that it's pretty. And I love that quote, and so we wrote this song about it, and I didn't really relate to it at the time, but as time's gone on, and we've been out on the road, and you know, the music industry just has ups and downs, it's just how it works, and um, there's been so many times where I sing that song, and it like, it like reminds me to like, you know, be strong or whatever. Um, and so that one is a super girl power song. Even for me, when I sing it, it like helps me. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. That's awesome. So do you feel any sort of, I don't, I don't know if burden's the right choice, but just sort of that responsibility of being a role model in your music and through your music. I think it's important. Um, I, I, really am intentional about, you know, what, what I say and how I say it, like we were talking about earlier. And so, um, even picking songs on this record, I I wrote this record from 12 to 21. And so I feel like it's an honest picture of my my life as a 12 to 21 year old. So I am hoping the other 12 to 21 year olds listen to it. So it was important to me to put stuff out there that is what was good for them to listen to. And well, honest for them to listen to. That'll be interesting because that's a huge age range. So it it's totally is like it's snapshots like of yeah, it's like snapshots of very different parts of your life. Absolutely. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'm curious too. What is like the coolest fan experience you've ever had with one of your fans? Um, I just started getting fan mail. That's a new thing. And this sweet girl like made me this mural of like some of my song lyrics like painted this cool canvas mural thing that's awesome is such a new thing in my world so i freaked out (laughs) that's really cool actually yeah it was so cool you should tweet a picture of it i will i will sweet sounds (laughs) good so I, i know we don't have a whole lot of time left but why don't you tell us about ballerini the ballerina Um, well, it's ironic because I actually danced for 10 years, um, and I did ballet. 
So that's, yeah, interesting. But then I, I turned like 13, 14, and I grew five inches in one year and got super long and lanky and awkward. So I have no coordination anymore. But um, <laughs> also, <laughs> my nickname is Noodle. Um, long story super short, I made a total idiot out of myself and was trying to like be bubbly and redeem myself. And um, the person that I was like totally whatever – he, he goes, what's your name again? And I go, Kelsey Ballerini, like tortellini, like a noodle. Like, totally didn't even think about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just related my name to, like, tortellini. What am I? It rhymes. It it rhymes, but I'm like, why didn't you just say ballerina, Kelsey? Why'd you say right. noodle? <laughs> so that's my nickname now. <laughs> nice. Good story. I like it. So with the album coming out May 19th, we already talked about, other than that, what's next? Where are you headed? How can people interact with you, follow you? Um, I, we're, we're getting a lot of stuff on the calendar right now, just getting out and touring, which I'm super stoked about. Um, I'm actually heading, heading to New York tomorrow um, to do some stuff with Billy Carrington. And then this summer, lots of fairs and festivals and stuff like that. Ironically, I actually have a show coming up, um, kind of, sort of, with Taylor um, in Pittsburgh. That's awesome! Uh, She's playing at Heinz Field, and I'm playing before her um, outside of Heinz Field with the, with the station. So hopefully I'll see some, some Swifties there. So who I'll else going there. out to Pittsburgh? I will. I'll be there. <laughs> Steve's like, I'm going. Don't sound too enthusiastic, Steve. No, I'll be there. I'll, I'll, heck, I'll take some pictures and tweet it on the uh, Taylor Talk account. Yes. Heck Yeah. That's like that's like double the awesomeness, Steve. That is double the awesomeness. <laughs> like that you is. get to see Kelsey and Taylor. That's all that's at a once. great day. <laughs> that's a good day. That is a good day. I hope I get to go in and watch the show. She's always been one of my favorite shows to watch, so it'll oh, be fun. For sure. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, website, all that stuff. And I love I love talking to people, so I would love to hear from everyone. Sweet. So people Sweet. tweet you and. Facebook you and Instagram. Yeah. I guess you don't really talk much on Instagram, but the other two. Yeah, totally. I'm glad we got to hang out here on Skype and chat for a little bit. And let some people know the the person behind the Taylor tweet from a couple weeks Uh ago. So cool. So cool. (laughs) Let them follow your music. (laughs) Remember, guys, get her album on May 19th. I'm getting it. Just saying. Yes. Score. Score. Steve, I'm putting you on the spot. Are you getting it? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Kelsey. It's been awesome. Thank you so much, y'all. Yes, thank right, you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed our exclusive interview with Kelsey Ballerini. Don't forget to go connect with her. Her website is KelseyBallerini.com. All of her various social networks, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, are all username Kelsey Ballerini. We will, of course, have those all linked for you in the show notes at TaylorTalk.org slash episode 178. And for those of you out on the East Coast, if you're interested in seeing her in her show before Taylor performs at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, that's going to be on June 6th. So that'll be a cool opportunity. I know Steve will definitely be there. I don't know if I'll be able to fly all the way out from Vegas for the Pittsburgh show, but well, you know, it, it should be a good time because you'd get the chance to see Kelsey perform outside the arena beforehand. Then of course, Taylor herself with openers, Vance Joy and Sean Mendez. So again, that is on June 6th, if you can make it. All right. Now, as promised, the second half 
of our Wildest Dreams analysis. Now, you'll remember it left off with Steve questioning Steve questioning what does in your wildest dreams actually mean? And that's where we're going to pick it up right now. So here it goes. Think about what in your wildest dreams means. It's outside like a fantasy, of fantasy. Yeah, it's fantasy. It's beyond right. what you would ever expect. Well, it, it depends. In your wildest dreams or beyond your wildest dreams are two totally different that's things. True. Even in your wildest dreams is beyond what you would expect but in an ordinary situation. But in your wildest situation. dreams usually sounds like an insult. Like, yeah, that's going to happen in your wildest dreams. Right? So you're referring to more connotation versus denotation? Oh, good words. Good you words. like that? Million dollar Ooh. word connotation. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's sort of like it's not the literal definition, well, but rather the Well, it depends the on meaning. the context. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you going with that then, Steve? Well, actually, it reminds me of another song. <laughs> Steve, I Which think song? everything reminds you of another song. Well, and I, it probably does, but um, this is a throwback to the mid-1980s. Um, Moody Blues, In Your Wildest Dreams. Oh, okay. And that, that kind of, that particular song and video kind of shows a... Uh, Two people, they're in a relationship, and then he keeps going off because um, their band is starting to get popular, and you know they don't get to see each other as much anymore. And then eventually, they kind of grow apart to the point that she ends up getting married, has kids, and he has a music career. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of talking about you know, you know, that I hope you're doing well, and. Uh, and you you know, think of me in your wildest dreams. So that's almost like this, a similar theme, even. It, it is in a way. Hmm. So we'll put that in the show notes too. Right. So there. when <laughs> did that song take place? Mid nineteen eighties. I think nineteen eighty. And where was the inspiration for this album drawn? Uh, the nineteen eighties. Bringing it back around. Bring it full <laughs> circle. So, Steve, do you want to do your ah again, or should we look at the next verse? Let's look at the next verse. Uh, Let's go to the next verse. My uh, ah was not that good. Mine terrible. I'm, I want to pretend that never happened. That's, that's what uh, the next poll on the website should be. Who had the best ah? No. Adam, Diane, or Steve? No. <laughs> no, you don't want to put that's that one up? That's not happening. Okay. Nope. All right. So, I like this next this verse. This is where, like, everything in the song is right here. Go Where everything in the song everything. is? Okay, I'm just going to read the verse then and let you run with it. I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> okay. I've been sick all weekend anyway. I don't want to talk. All right. I said, no one has to know what we do. His hands are in my hair. His clothes are in my room. Don't read it like that. <laughs> and his voice is a familiar sound. Nothing lasts forever, but this is getting good now. I feel, okay, so let's just, we don't have to beat around the bush. Clear the elephant in the room. They're not playing Twister. Um, Wait, what? They're not? No. I thought they were playing board games. No, they're not playing board games. Um, They're being very intimate. Um, But anyway, so what I think is particularly interesting about this verse, which is going to get kind of nerdy, um, is the verb tense, because the in the first line she says, I said... But the rest of the, which is past tense, but the rest of the lines are in present tense. So I was like, why is she switching tenses? What's going on? And so 
what I was thinking about when, um, you know, because I feel like this song takes place in multiple time periods. Like, it takes place when she's actually with this guy. It takes place when she's, um, you know, and and when she's um, thinking about him um, after they split up. So it just almost kind of seems like that these um, emotions that she's feeling kind of transcend time in a way, like they are both present and they're both past. Does that make sense? I see it a little differently than you, though. Diane. Okay, go ahead. Um, I can see that. I can see the change in tense there. But what I would, I guess, attribute that to is. It's almost. Have you seen those TV shows where it's in where they show like a flashback scene and there's sort of a dreamy like, yeah, and then it goes into this sort of cloudy looking thing and shows a scene that happened in the past. Yeah, that's what I see that as. I said no one has to know what we do is setting up the scene and then it's like, it's like and there's like this cloudy back. scene yeah. and she's describing that scene mm-hmm. that happened in the past. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's really cool how she was able to do that. With just words. Steve, are you totally lost? Steve's, Steve's our, like, math and science guy on the panel. No, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> when we get into Englishy stuff, Steve's like, huh? It's, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Steve uh, hey, I, I let the professionals handle that stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, what would you envision, though, Steve? Do you see what Diane sees, what I see, or something totally different? I, I kind of can go with what you, what you see, ha! Adam. I, 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 I don't know. I, Adam, it was, like, the same thing. No, it was like the same thing. <laughs> but but I'm always supposed to agree with Adam. That's how this show goes. Oh my God. Well, everybody knows that. Well, that's that. how you know you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Diane's giving the dirtiest look right now, mm. like this Uh-oh. vicious glare. I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> well, now <laughs> putting putting that aside, Diane, because that was a great thing to point out. What about the scene itself? Is there anything we can pick out of that? His hands are in my hair. His clothes are in my room. His voice is a familiar sound. I feel like this song is built by memories and just that idea and that concept. Yeah. Because, I mean, that is even but, but, what Taylor was saying. But 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 I see it as not memories, but more as wildest dreams. Because that's what this is. This is her meeting someone and her visualizing what their future holds. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then, so so I don't know be... if it can be memories. Can you have memories of something in the future? I mean, because I don't think that's. I think this is her vision more than it is her memories. No, though, because she said, "I said no one has to know what we do." They were going into a secret rendezvous where his clothes magically appeared in her room. But she, this is her vision. I don't see this part as a vision. I see another part of the song as a vision, but this part as I, is, I see as something that actually happened. Yeah. So why don't we keep, okay. keep going then and get to that part, yeah? Okay. Sure. So it repeats the uh, line about me. He's so tall and handsome as hell. Hey, Adam, I'm about to read um, this line for you. That's my mom's favorite line of the song because she thinks it's funny. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Gross. But... Uh, <laughs> You totally threw me off on this now. You're welcome. Um, no, I wasn't thanking you for that. Uh, but anyway, this part, <laughs> that line repeats, but then it ends differently. And when we've had our very last kiss, 
my last request is last kiss it's another joe song Uh no don't even but no i actually think that that is interesting to point out because it's a different reaction to a last kiss because you know in the song last kiss it's very very sad um but in this song she's just like when we have our last kiss i want you to remember you know what we've done together kind of yeah it is taking a different different viewpoint and i i do love when taylor brings things back around because there are the i guess there are similar things and and lines and visuals that pop up throughout all her music and that spans every single album how many albums is she up to five Yes. <laughs> I lost count. Uh, are, are we counting EPs or not? We're not counting <laughs> Oh, gosh, Steve. That's okay. that's a whole nother count then. Um, <laughs> leave me alone. I've been sick all weekend. I can't count right now. It's all right. Hey, it's enough that I'm even here right now. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, it is because, Diane, something you're pointing out is there is a consistent visual with that last kiss, but a new spin on it. It, it takes on a whole different meaning in this song, and it does show – the evolution of Taylor that we're always talking about, how the exact same thing could mean something totally different on one album versus another in her lineup of albums. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, chorus, repeat, bridge. Diane? Well, well hang on. Well, no? well, well, Steve has more well, things to say. Oh, right. man, Steve, yeah. speak up. Okay. You have to speak okay, meow. So, I know. Uh, speak meow? Meow. well i think the important part is with this being her last request this is the end of their relationship and the reason is we're repeating the chorus but it's the same thing to remember me well Uh so her her one condition earlier at the beginning of the song which was when they first got together is hey my one my one condition is this so it was please remember me well no matter what we go through now we've been through everything. Now the relationship is ending. You know, they're going their separate ways. And she just is reminding, remember me well. Say you remember me. Yes, Steve, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it also shows, too, that she is putting her best into the relationship. Like, she wants it to be remembered as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's putting that effort into it. Now, can I go into the bridge, Steve? Absolutely. You see me in hindsight, tangled up with you all night. Ooh. Burning it down. Someday when you leave me, I'll bet these memories follow you around. Doesn't that last line almost sound a little ominous? Like, I bet you're going to remember me because I'm amazing. Kind of. No. No, it is a, it is a little weird. Yeah. It, it's, I, I'm just trying to process that for That's a minute. That's very confident, I think, to say something like that. Um, yeah, but look at the particular memory that she's referring to. <laughs> no. Like, she's referring to the part where they were tangled up together all night. So, very confident. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Steve's, like, quiet over there in his corner. He's like, oh. I should comment on this. <laughs> well, well, one of the lines I'm thinking of is uh, burning it down. That reminds me of that Jason Aldean song. That's exactly yeah. where I was going to go with it. And I don't know what the timeline is, who who 
you know put out what first or who wrote what first or it could be just be you know what similar song is line. this it's a jason aldean song it's burning it down and it, and it's a very sexually charged jason aldean song mm-hmm. it's it's kind of not his typical you know a lot of his songs are a little bit more uh just the the culture of the south and right you know everything well, is like this, that are, are we missing something since we're not from that area is that some sort of phrase like, that's what i think it could be just like a like a common phrase to like a generic sex. phrase for something like is this going to be appearing in urban dictionary or something well, it does appear in urban dictionary here it is i i found it i found it so but but uh, another phrase used meaning. in reference to smoking marijuana or weed that not that okay that's, that's the that uh, that's that's the wrong one that's not what she's uh, <laughs> <laughs> look yeah, like I, you just I, did I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Watch now. The next headline after the uh, media gets don't past this forty it. million dollar no. insurance on her <laughs> no. legs, they're no. gonna be. <laughs> don't even say it. <laughs> That's not what the song is about. Wow. No, I, I I think the the whole burning it down is kind of, you know, making out and whatever else that leads into. That's what I think that is. Yes. Perhaps. No, he's right. That could be he's right. right. Not sure. So what else you guys got from this? I feel like we're not doing this this little section here justice right now. Well, something I think uh, interesting to note, too, is she repeats this bridge twice, too, in the song. So she's adding emphasis. She repeats what? Sorry. The bridge, the whole thing. She sings it twice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Places emphasis on it. That's that's good. Now, I want to point out, out hindsight, actually, because, Diane, you were talking about, like, that's very confident. Like, I bet these memories follow you. Yeah. around. Um, let's think about the the typical, here's the word again, connotation of hindsight. You know, there is the expression hindsight's 2020, right? When you look back, everything is very clear is what that means. So it's almost like saying, I bet you're going to regret breaking up with me. Is Uh, that what you're getting at? I don't know about that necessarily. I mean, kind of, sort of, but it's sort of like whoever it is, is looking back at her in hindsight Everything is clear, and the clarity is what? That these memories were actually great memories. They had good times together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. It's open for interpretation unless Taylor comes out and says what that particular part's about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just something worth pointing out and thinking about, I think. Yeah. Um, and I know Steve does not agree, but when she says... Someday when you leave me, she doesn't say when I leave you, not when we break up. She says when you leave me. Which, oh. Oh. Yeah, so that's why, um, as I said before, I don't know how she f- how she feels about this. Like, is she in love with him? Or is she just there for the ride because she knows that it's going to end? Because guys just leave her. I mean, that's very... Um, I don't know. It's a very sad thing to think. Well, that just adds more to it. The whole hindsight mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Cause someday when you leave me, um, he would be the one to look back and regret it. Yeah. Because he's the one leaving. So a lot in there, Steve, did you have anything else on the bridge or shall we keep on truck? Keep trucking along. Um, I feel like I'm pushing I you guys along. I fast still, cause... I don't still don't know if I, I, I agree. I think that's where we kind of disagree yeah. on, on the fact that, you know, I, I know it does say when you leave me, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's particularly 
it could be him going off that he has to do something and they can't be together. You know, oh, that's... you're right. Okay, so not necessarily when you leave the relationship, but maybe, like, let's pretend this guy is also part of some sort of musical group and he has to go on tour or something, right? So right. you're and referring just to physically to... leaving, not leaving the relationship. Right, like, just, the, and then they end up growing apart, something like that, and then you'd look back on that with fond memories, you know? Okay. A lot of people have relationships that they look back on fondly and say, hey, you know what? That was a good time. I had a lot of experiences. I learned a lot. You know, you look at it positively, and I think that's really what we're talking about here, not so much, like, hey, you know, you're just, you're going to run off on me and go cheat on me, and, you know, you're going to wish that you were, you know, should have said no kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I see it no. more nice almost pun. as like a nice almost more of, yeah, I, I see it more almost as a, a long live. That's kind of a song that popped into my head a lot when I listened to this one. Actually, yes. I didn't see that at I all. I was thinking I about that earlier, and I forgot it until you just brought that up. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Um, because it's talking about the memories. It's it's the whole when they point to the pictures, please tell them my name thing. Um, it's about wanting to be remembered. It's that same desire to be remembered after the fact. But I think there's a different feeling, though. Like a different, different feeling because it's different situation. Yeah, different situation. So it is a different feeling, but it's the same sort of appeal. You know, you want to be remembered for something great, and in the bridge. It's being remembered for doing the nasty, nasty. Uh oh. <laughs> but but one one word that that I don't think is in this song at all, lyric wise, is the word love. No, it's not. So purely physical relationship. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying it's purely a physical relationship. I actually think that these two people have a lot in common and and have, uh, you know fun together and really can share stories and everything but maybe you know this is one that just wasn't destined for love um i'm trying to think like obviously i don't have the lyrics of every single song memorized off the top of my head but you don't what i know (sighs) crazy right Everybody does. I can sing along with them, but I can't like think off the top of my head what I'm trying to get at, and that is trying to figure out if there are any other songs that don't use the word love, because I'm sure there are. You mean but any I other don't... love songs that don't use the word love? Any other Taylor songs about love that don't use the word love. You belong with me? She never says love, does she? Love story. No, you belong with me. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to look through the lyrics again. I don't think you need to have the word love in a song to have it be about love or That's a type my of point. love. That's my point. Um, so, Steve, I don't know if that's significant at all that the word "love" doesn't appear. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw one more song. This reminds me of, and then I won't I won't do this anymore. But uh, another another eighty song, "Heart These Dreams," hmm. and and it's it's crazy because I actually was driving in the car today, and I was thinking of trying to prepare for this episode, and that song came on, and I was like, you know what? There is couple of things that that totally made me think of wildest dreams i mean other than the fact that they both have dreams in the title but you know there's some similarities between those two songs too so 80s music yeah hashtag steve's 80s songs <laughs> <laughs> gonna start that these one are out. classics though yeah now there's one more thing worth pointing out there's this, actually so. and something else i want to point out too something else too yeah so um okay um after the bridge when she's starts doing the um 
chorus again, she's like the music gets really quiet and it's just pretty much her talking singing oh, whatever. Oh, it's like say you. Yeah, and it sounds me. like she's talking in your ear. It's like she's talking Ooh. right to that guy. And I, I just thought that was really cool. Well, it is because then she changes up the end of that. Yeah. And says, say you'll see me again, even if it's just pretend. So what I take that line, t- I take that line to mean two things. Like, say you'll come back and see me, um, even if you don't mean it. Or say you'll um, come back and see me, um, um, you know, if it's in your dreams or something. Those are like two ways. Well, Diane, I think you got to look at the sound of it, too, because I think that is a huge thing you pointed out and how the sound works with that, because then obviously right after that, it repeats the chorus and gets big again, mm-hmm. you know, into the say you remember that whole, you know, it gets big again. So I don't know. I think it's worth looking at how the sound affects that particular thing. And, and it goes into that whole fantasy idea again. So it's like whispering in your ear. And then even if it's just pretend fantasies are obviously make believe. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe this whole song was make believe. Like I think it is. That's my thing. I think I think this whole thing is just what she imagined in her mind after immediately, you know, meeting someone and kind of hitting it off and just thinking where the whole, uh, you know, time that they would spend together, what what could happen, mm-hmm. you know, just chronologically through a little story. Yeah. In her wildest dreams. Yeah. Now, because the sound of this song is very, very different from anything else on the album, I kind of want your opinions on how do you think she will create a visual interpretation of this on stage on the 1989 tour? Um, I have an idea. I don't know if she will do this, but do you remember when she did... Um, maybe she didn't do this. Maybe she did I don't remember, but... Um, I think for the Fearless tour, when she did uh, Teardrops on My Guitar, she kind of sang that song like she was watching two people, and I think they were they were um, acting or, you know, they did something. So I almost see this song as kind of the same thing. Like maybe she's just there, um, t- um, t- you know. Observing. Yeah, um, observing, watching these two people do some sort of like, like some sort of um not really like a jazz dance but like but like you know some sort of like modern dance to this song because this song is very physical and i think it would be cool if she um performed this song in a very you know like you know like that same type of way very physical but not never mind i don't even know where i'm going but <laughs> Well, I don't some have, sort of dance. That's what I see. Like I, I don't have an exact interpretation of how she'll do it, but I don't think it's going to be as literal as some people may think. I don't think she's going to do a sunset background no. and things of that sort. I think it's going to be far more like artsy and interpretive. I think it would almost ruin it if it if, if she took it too literal. Like if she actually had a sunset and she was wearing a nice dress and. Red lips, yeah. rosy cheeks. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be portrayed on stage similar to the style music video. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I would wonder if it would be Taylor and then a guy, like, and they meet up, and then they kind of just go off the set there, 
And then on the big screen, she kind of plays a video of sorts of their relationship time together kind of thing. So just as a film background, it she keeps the actual stage set simple? Right. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll find out. we got a couple months left. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so I, I, excited. I, I hope that she does do this song on the tour because there is questions on that because there are many people that say this is not actually one of the stronger songs on 1980. Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Let I know they don't people? know what they're talking about. Who are they? Give and, me names and addresses. I will hunt them down. <laughs> Right. I mean, this but, was one of the songs that was very popular the day that the um, album came out. I think it was um, trending or something. Well, I, I think it's a fan favorite, yeah. and I think Taylor will see that, and she will make sure that it is included. And I think that's the important part. But some of the critics are kind of like, eh, just okay. It's kind of too quiet and dreamy and just not enough. You know, they're looking for songs like Shake It Off, and it's like, but this is something different, this and is this is something amazing. Power. This is a lot more powerful than Shake It Off. There's so much feeling packed into this song that I don't think, I don't see why people don't understand that. Right. Well, I, I think the majority of the Swifty community loves this song, and and I think we'll see it. I think you'd be accurate, Steve. So on that note, I think I already know the answers to these, but on a scale of 1 to 13, where 1 is terrible, 13 is off the charts amazing, how would you rank Wildest Dreams? Favorite song on 1989 has to be a 13 across the board. Woohoo, Diane? 13 out of 13. Best song on 1989. I already I already spoiled myself. I give it a 13. <sighs> Do you actually think it's one of her best songs in 1989? 1989 like if you could rank them would you put this at the top like how do you actually feel about this well if i had to rank 1989 all the songs on 1989 there would be a uh are we including bonus tracks because there's 16 total so there would there would basically be a um so out of 16 there would be a 14-way tie for first place oh my god wow um 14-way tie for first place and then a two-way tie for second place between shake it off and welcome to new york in my wow okay so you just told us what your least favorite songs were yes i did (laughs) but 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 without saying it and making it sound like that that's that's good they're Uh, still number two that was very tactful here's a question will this be a single no i don't think so no. I don't see it as being uh, uh, mainstream popular because unless you have the right connection with Taylor as a fan, it you know like like you were saying about the critics or Diane was saying about the critics, whoever said about the critics, Steve said it. I just said about the critics. Steve said it. Um, you don't unless you know Taylor as a person, unless you're one of those loyal fans, you don't really get it. Yeah, but um, but Ed Sheeran's song, song what's it called? Um, Thinking Out Loud. I thought no way in a million years that would ever be a single because the song's so slow and it's so long. It's good, but it's slow and long, and I didn't think it would do very well on the radio. But I hear it played on the radio all the time. It's one. Of, it's probably his best song on that album. Yeah, too. and that's what I think with Wildest Dreams. I, I think that the critics kind of sold it short, but I think you give this a little bit more time. I really think we are going to see a single for Wildest Dreams. I really do. I we'll, hope we'll so. agree to disagree. Maybe in our wildest dreams. <laughs> That's a great way to end. <laughs> all right, let's That's... get on with the rest of the episode. We got some mini-segment submissions from all of you out there. Steve, do you want to kick it off, please? Okay, the first one comes from Twitter 
from KSwift19, that's with two T's at the end. Uh, you know you're a Swifty when all you do in class is put your earphones on and listen to 1989. Oh. I could do that. As a Taylor fan, I support it. As a future educator, I don't know what to say. No, that's that's not. I mean, I love that you're listening to Taylor Swift, but your teacher must be so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they kind of like sneak listening there. How? How? They can't. Well, I, I think we've actually had some submissions before where people said that they put their headphones in and then if they have long hair, they kind of hide their, their ears it. so you can't see the earbuds. Teachers aren't in that their stupid, ear. Steve. I mean, maybe some of them are. I don't know. <laughs> okay. This next one comes from Swifty JR, and they say, you know you're Swifty when you're stalking Taylor and realize that it's 2 a.m. and you're getting up in four hours. Ouch. That's terrible. Sounds awful. Wow. Next one, Lou on Facebook said, you know you're Swifty when you always respond to nice to meet you with, I could show you incredible things. I had a conversation with her about this. It's funny <laughs> that she would submit that. <laughs> uh, next one comes from... Hey, Nicholas Lovett on Twitter. If Swifties ruled the world, Heartbreak would be the world's national anthem. Uh-huh. Heartbreak is the national anthem. This one comes from Ellie underscore H13. And they say, um, every oh, if Swifties ruled the world, everyone would have leg insurance. <laughs> For $40 million. Uh-oh. I don't $40 million. <laughs> And the last one, Allison over on Facebook said, you know, you're Swifty when the only surefire way to get your attention in a crowded room is to say Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift. Is that Taylor Swift? And you cause a mob scene. Taylor Swift. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that protected by freedom of speech or is that considered uh, inciting a riot? Probably inciting a riot. Yeah, (laughs) You can't yell Taylor Swift in a crowded room. All right, and that's that. So um, one last thing before we get going, the calendar. Of course, Diane, could you please tell us what is – actually, you know what? Sorry, I forgot to thank all of you for sending those in. Thank you, everybody, for sending them in. Keep them coming for future episodes. Now, Diane, can you tell us what's coming up on Taylor's calendar, please? Sure. So on March 25th, Taylor will be a guest on Live with Kelly and Michael. Um, I was kind of confused what Kelly and Michael was, but that was Regis and Kelly, right? I yes. think. Yes. Okay. It, well, it was used to be Regis and Kathy Lee, and then it was Regis and Kelly, and then it was Kelly and Michael. So Yeah, so that's what show she's being on. Um, and then on March 29th is the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Taylor is nominated for Artist of the Year, Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Fan Army for Swifties, and Lyrics mm-hmm. of the Year for Blank Space. And this show will be broadcasted live from L.A., um, this will be on NBC on March 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Awesome. Thank you for the calendar, Diane. Appreciate yeah. it. You're welcome. But wait, there's more. Shout outs. So those of you that have been letting us know that you are out there voting for the podcast awards, you get a shout out and a thank you right here on the show. So thank you, Shania, Sarah, at SpongeBob Joey, Sophie, Swifty JR, uh, Kalita Limon, Tamalzi. Uh, Ava Swifty 13 on Taylor Connect and Edal on Taylor Connect. Those are the people that sent in this week that they were voting. Remember, guys, the voting is still going on at podcastawards.com. Taylor Talk is nominated for Best Entertainment Podcast. So go to podcastawards.com, click on Taylor Talk and Best Entertainment, 
go into your information at the bottom and hit submit be sure to enter a valid email address because you do have to verify your votes and those of you that listen to other podcasts besides this one i do encourage you to look through the categories and you know pick out your favorites make sure they get your vote as well i'm sure they also would really appreciate it if they're against us make sure your vote is for us though (laughs) (laughs) just just throwing that one out there so again the link for that is podcastawards.com so it is plural podcastawards.com two more shout outs before we get going we have two not just one but two new five-star reviews on itunes so shout out to swifty ice cream and ava swifty hey swifty ice cream i love that shout out <laughs> Wait a second. Ava Swifty, isn't that the one that suggested we did Wildest Dreams this episode? Yes! Hi, Ava. Thank you, Ava. Nice to meet you. Where have you been? I could show you incredible things. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you to both of you for leaving those reviews, guys. If you uh, feel one way or the other about this show, whether you love it or hate it, uh, but preferably love it, please head over to taylortalk.org slash iTunes. That's a shortcut link that takes you straight to our iTunes page. And you can leave us a review and let us know how you're doing because we do read those and we do take them to heart. And if you guys give uh, good feedback, you know, constructive feedback, we'll definitely take that, you know, into consideration, all that, and try and make the best show we can for you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for those reviews. Again, that link is taylortalk.org slash iTunes. Of course, for all the mini segments, you guys know there are a variety of ways to contact us, which include, I'll just list a few of them. Twitter, Taylor Talk 13. Facebook, Taylor Talk 13. You can email us, podcast at taylortalk.org. All the rest of them are up for you guys at taylortalk.org slash contact. So reach out for us. Let us, uh, we'll chat. We'll chat. You know, have a little chit chat. Uh, I'm starting to get delirious at this point. I think I need to go medicate and pass out and try and get over whatever I've got going on right now. Love chatting with you guys for episode 177 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This has been Adam. Dan. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Now, of course, one final note before we go. Remember, guys, that bit was recorded last week and was originally intended for episode 177. So this is, in fact, 178. So all the show notes for this episode, including all the contact information for Kelsey Ballerini and all the other fun stuff we include in the show notes, will all be at taylortalk.org slash episode 178. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.